Welcome to the climb. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create real leverage in the music business. What is leverage? It's a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. It means that they need you more than you need them, and you're conflicted about even making the deal, as opposed to having your hat in your hand. And that's what you're going to need to succeed in today's music industry. You're going to have to create the leverage to get to the label, to get to the management, to get to the booking agents, to get to the other musicians that you need to get to. That's why we called it the CLIMB. It's an acronym, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. And the genius that came up with that is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he'll connect you with the pros. So you can get to Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves and so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. Hey, brother. How are you? I always get excited. I feel special. Like, I know him when I get that <laughs> intro. It's like... No, you don't. Stop Am I <laughs> tapping into my inner Ed McMahon? Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's a Google question. But yeah, that's the millennials don't know who Ed McMahon. They have is, no right? idea. Who's that? No. <laughs> wouldn't, oh, he, wouldn't he the quarterback for the Bears? <laughs> they don't, know, they that don't know that, that either. Dang. No, that's Jim McMahon. That's a long time ago. I know. Speaking of which, um, I'm I've I had to pull out a portable defibrillator watching the game opener last night between the Packers and the Bears. That was uh, treacherous. That's I thought right. we're still recording this after opening night. Yeah, so this is the Monday afterwards, and I was terrified. Like, we just uh, gave Aaron Rodgers a four-year extension, and he is the highest-paid player in the NFL, guaranteed $98.7 million, $131 million contract. And So uh, you, like, gave him a four-year extension, and the Bears just about gave him a hyper-extension. Yeah, they, I think they did give him a hyper-extension. <laughs> <laughs> he was out for a quarter, and it was like, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I was freaking out. But Oh, my loins. Our, our defense was terrible, but we still had grit. We came back, we believed, and we ended up winning the game at the end. And See, to your point, lesson. Brett, uh, for those of you, check out the highlights on Facebook. Uh, that was what it looks like to see a, a, a real busy man, a, a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest that won. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, so today we're going to talk about, um, man, I'm going to hit you right in the heart again. I'm going to check a lot of people into the glass here. But I think it needs to be done. And we're going to talk about whether or not you're subscribing here to the long game or whether you're subscribing to the short game and, and, and how that's affecting your results. But um, before we do that, let's take care mm -hmm. of a little business. If you haven't joined the Climb community, please do so on Facebook. Just search for the Climb community. Ask to be let in. We let everybody in as long as there's a picture there and you don't look like a bot. And mm -hmm. uh, be good boys and girls and mind the rules. There's, there's not a whole lot of them, but... Uh, Somehow we find people that want to break them. Yeah. And uh, if you continually do that, we're going to roadhouse you. You will be cast out. Uh, cast subscribe, out into utter darkness. 
That's right. Into the, into the into gorge of eternal pedos. Into those other groups. <laughs> into the other groups that don't care. Yeah. Uh, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, every full episode on Tuesday and every mini-sode on Friday will automatically come right into your player. You don't need to worry about it. And then they're all archived and set there and you can consume them as you wish. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave a rating and review. Take a couple seconds to do that. It's, uh, it means the world to us and it, it actually shows people authentic, authentic uh, outside opinions on this if they're deciding to stick their toe in the water and see what it's about. Those reviews are going to help them decide. And then finally, uh, the greatest compliment that you could give us would be to uh, refer it, refer a friend, you know, mm-hmm. share it, tell people you got value out of it. We, we get tons of great comments on this. And, and uh, if you're, if it's helping you, it'll help somebody else. So please let them know and spread around. Exactly. And speaking of reviews, um, let, tell me if we did this one, see a little behind the scenes action. We recorded an episode or two that uh, the, the tech failed so I'm trying to remember if this is a new review we haven't read or if it was one from that one, or it might be doubling up. So you let me know if it sounds familiar, Johnny, okay. in a bad way. So this is a five-star review from uh, a nude, not a naked picture. I know I've read <laughs> this before. I think it was on the one that w- went away. So I don't I, think I you've right. heard this one. No, they haven't heard it. So read that one. Okay, we'll read this one from a nude. Great info, five stars. It said, my intern did 15 hours of research at various links, and I learned more in two of these podcasts. I'm assuming they're both Brent podcast episodes. I don't know. <laughs> Getting him on board, and then I'll be scheduling a consultation. Okay, definitely a Johnny episode. Thanks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's all. Well, that's the best you can give. Thank you very much. A nude. A nude. A nude. A nude listener. A new listener. A so nude anyway, listener. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's N-O-N-A-N-N-O-U-D, not uh, N-U-D-E. Not naked. Yeah, not naked. As far as we know. As far, yeah. I mean, what do we know? We were. Uh, it's, yeah, audio. <laughs> Allegedly not yes. naked. <laughs> so, what do, what do we got today? Is that, uh, that what we need to do? We're ready to climb into this? Yeah, let's get right into it, man. Right. So, um, long game versus short game. Are, are you in for the marathon, or are you planning on winning a sprint, and if it doesn't turn out to be a sprint, you're out? Um, and are you strategizing if you're in for the long game, like it's a marathon or are you, you know, are you training for the long game or mm-hmm. are, are, are is ever all your actions, uh, on a daily basis training for the short game? And that's going to be the difference between success and failure for you. And once again, success, how you define it is, is all that matters. I mean, um, you've got. Mark Maxwell and the boys from the Louisville crashers, Mm -hmm. uh, they all have their own businesses. They all have families and they've got this fun little side project that, um, grosses them half a million dollars a year. Like, (laughs) and that's their side project. That's nice. Yeah. And they just do it for fun. And so it's, it's, uh, it's a very, uh, serious business, but it's not their, you know, their main thing, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's one way. And then you've got other artists out there and songwriters that are trying to be legit paid for, for doing their art. And uh, either way, you got to f- play the right game. Uh, what made me think of this was since the CD Baby conference, mm-hmm. I've had a bunch of consultations from some really cool people, man. Like I love the consultation. I get to meet people, you know, yeah. I find out what they're doing. I get to listen to their music. I get turned on to new artists. And you seem like a people person, John. Yeah. You know me. I like to hang out. I like to see what's going on. Yep. I like to hang out with the movers and shakers and the beautiful people. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's what I get from, from the consultees are people trying to expand their, their mind, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're realizing that there's another step to take and they don't necessarily know how to take it. So they're, how do I do this? Like, mm-hmm. what do you think? And the, the, 
if I told you, Brent, that um, there's one common thread, like if, if I asked you this question of all the artists that I talked to, like four or five of them, mm-hmm. uh, and they all s- said their next step was to do this, what would you guess? If you had to venture a guess, what would you say that was? I mean, if it's artists we're talking about, I'm saying their next step is probably like, I got to record a single or an album. I got to get a video together, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like yeah. Movie. Make some more art. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Make some more art because the last art, I already made that. I already know that. I already know those songs. Yeah. I know those. And, and that didn't really do anything like out in the marketplace. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to grow my brand. So I'm going to grow my brand by making some new art. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had the same reoccurring conversation with uh, all these artists. And, and this is the most common issue that keeps happening. And so I'm going to share that with everybody here. Um, I mean, because they're doing a consultation and for those of you that aren't aware, we, you know, we're available for that. If you, if you feel like you're ready for a consultation at all, you can email info at daredevilproduction.com production singular. There is no S info at daredevilproduction.com put consultation in the subject line there is a charge for it but it's an education it's it's worth it i think um i mean i've been told by everybody that's ever done it like okay my brain is about to explode this is amazing like and they Mm -hmm. they're excited they're they're ready to to go to work because they got some new tools now to try to Mm -hmm. dig this hole that they're trying to dig you know for themselves a map bunker in Yeah. yeah a map and um because they made the act of doing the consultation to begin with, they're already beginning to see and become self-aware. They're trying to discover the long game. They're realizing that what they're doing isn't working, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I need to do something else. What must I do? What must I be thinking about to get to the next level? Because what I'm thinking about and doing right now is not getting me to the next level. And I'm frustrated. It's not expanding my audience. Um, and I can tell you that every one of these artists that I talked to were like really freaking good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like really good, man. Oh my God. Like uh, really, really fun. Like I listened to one dude's album twice. It was great. I listened mm. to this other duo that was like, Oh, there's their interpretations. of These songs are, her voice is ridiculous. She a pro, by the way, like uh, one of them is a total pro out with a big name band that you mm-hmm. definitely know the name of that she makes her living off of. And then there's this duo thing that they do on the side. And she knows that the, that the, that the gig that she's got now is going to come to an end at some point. Yeah. Right. Like the, she doesn't have her, 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 an ending on the wall yet. They haven't told her anything yet, but it's yeah. going to happen at some point. The band's going to stop touring. Yeah. And then what's she going to do? So she's, tr- I'm trying to set it up in advance. Like, what can we do? And so, I mean, these are really intelligent thoughts, right? Yes. So, um, most artists are, 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 and so for these artists, what they do know is that it's not their art. Like they know they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they know they're good and not from a, an arrogant way. Like it may be a little cocky. And I like that personally, there's a difference between cockiness and arrogance. Um, but they're, I mean, they're all very humble, very, you know, there's humility in every single body, one that I talked to, but uh, they're good and they know they're good. They know what they're doing. They know they're craftsmen, but yet how come, well, but yet they want to learn. That's why they booked a session. Exactly. So they're confident, but they know they don't know everything. Exactly. Yeah. Teachable and, man, and- coachable people. Those are the, best those are the ones that keep going right mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know randy rose the famous guitar player from ozzy osbourne would actually be out on tour and in every town they would go in he would get a guitar lesson from the local guitar teacher in town 
<laughs> and, and half the time he would end up giving a lesson rather than getting it. <laughs> yeah. But he was always trying to learn, right? And he's regarded as a, one of the most brilliant minds in rock and roll guitar, you know? Mm-hmm. So most of you are playing the short game. You know, if it doesn't happen soon, I'm going to have to find something else to do, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, try these three songs here and just see how they do. Yeah. And if the or world I'm going to move to Nashville for a year. We'll give it a year. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to write some songs. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if I don't like the world on fire and have a number one party, I got to think about something else. Yeah. So I want to talk about a quick little story on Picasso. I think we've mentioned this before in the podcast, but this is so germane to this episode. I'm going to mention it again. And then it parlays Brent into something that you said once. Okay. Um, so Picasso sitting at a restaurant, uh, the famous painter and uh, was, I don't know, back in the twenties or thirties. So this is important with regards to the money that he asked for, but some woman, you know, some ask hole comes yeah. up out of uh, nowhere and says, uh, gives him a cocktail napkin and says, Hey, draw me something, you know, you're Picasso, draw me something. And so he mm-hmm. does, he draws it on a cocktail napkin. She goes to grab it and he pulls it away and he's like, Hey, that'll be $500. Now back in the 1920s or thirties, that's a, yeah. a buttload of money, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. And, uh, uh, and, and she's like, what? It only took you five minutes. And he's like, it didn't take me five minutes. It took me my whole life plus this five minutes to be able to do that in mm-hmm. five minutes. Right. Cause he's yeah. a craftsman. Okay. Yeah. And you, I remember, remember when you were talking about that, about like the hit song that takes 10 yeah, minutes, 15 minutes or 10 minutes to write. And everyone's like, man, they wrote that in 10 minutes. No, they didn't. Yeah. They wrote that in their whole life plus yeah. 10 minutes or 15 minutes. A whole yeah, life all, they, all those years crafts, craft. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like saying, you know, it's like, oh, I drove down. Can you drive me down to the grocery store, dad? Sure. Drive you down to the grocery store. It takes three minutes. Well, that was nothing. Oh, yeah? You know how long I've been driving? I had to study for my driver's test. I had to do all this stuff. My dad had to drive me around, so I learned how to drive. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more going to that three-minute drive to the grocery store. Anyway. That's right. I mean, I mean, think about like how uh, some of the stuff you do at your day gig right now is like what the call um, was that system one, you know, you're just, it's, it's almost intuitive. It's like you're um, on autopilot. Like a muscle memory almost or. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and you know, instinctively what to do <clears throat> when this happens at your work, you do solution a, but when it goes this way, it's solution B and, and you know what to do because you've been doing it for a while and you're, you're trained well at it. But you know what, when it comes to, to marketing your music, um, everybody's on system too. Like they're clueless. They don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable. And we don't like to feel like that, especially if we're good artists and we've been doing this for a while. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to learn a new skill set. I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Right. I'm so doing what I'm good at. You're going to have to do it. And so, you know, the real artists are all about the long game because there is no plan B. And there wasn't a plan B for me. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we were going to, we're going to go do it. Like, I'm going to go do this. This woman do it for a living. And, and I'm going to try to figure out how to do it. And we did it right mm-hmm. for, for seven years. We did it yeah. out on the road, worked our way up to the label, the whole thing. Um, there was no plan B and the guys I was with, no plan B. Mm-hmm. Like, like, did we have side jobs and stuff like that, that we needed to have occasionally to, to make it work? Yeah. Same thing with you, Brent, right? Yeah. Like plan B. I- I mean, you know, before I moved to Nashville, I stuck around college because I wasn't quite done with that. And I got my master's in business, you know, so I, I got my degree because I didn't start writing songs really until I was already in college. And so I stuck out, got my undergrad, then I stuck around a little bit longer, got my master's. And But when I moved to Nashville, I didn't have a, you know, 
I didn't go out and get a job that was worthy of my MBA. <laughs> you know, I got an right. entry level job that I could have gotten without it. And then when I moved to Nashville, I didn't have a job. Started waiting tables at Cracker Barrel, started working part-time at Blue Water. So in the back of my mind, you know, the plan B was, you know, oh gosh, please don't make me ever have to work in human resources, which is what my undergrad degree was in. But really? no, that was I like, know that. oh, HR. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, dude. Really? Oh no, no. Can I have the most boring uh, job ever? Oh, paperwork and government. (laughs) So what was I thinking? I thought, oh, jobs have people that ain't going out. So anyway, (laughs) well, until the robots take over, but anyway, but no, I moved here. I was like, I don't have a job. And you know, hopefully if, if things don't work, I can go get something, but I didn't have a plan B. Right. You got to, I, I don't think you, you can have one if you're serious about it. Right. Because it's, it is a long game. There, there's no, mm-hmm. you just can't think about it. And I think plan B is like a, a it's a cancer. It, it doesn't exist in the innocent and in the pure artist child. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like when you're born, it, there's no plan. Like when you're born, you're going to go climb a tree, you go climb that tree. Mm-hmm. You're going to build something out of Legos. You build it until you're done. You know, yeah. um, you're going to make a model. You make that model. Um, until it's, it's snack time. Until it's snack time. That's right. But it's, it's injected. Plan B is injected into a pure soul by someone from a society uh, that's bought into the living the dichotomy. Mm-hmm. You know? And we've talked about this before on the show where uh, the people that are living the dichotomy, when you start to get some momentum mm-hmm. and you start to, the wheels start to turn and, and you're actually you know, making a living doing what you love to do, man, that pisses off the people that are in the dichotomy world. That can do that. Yeah. That suffer 40 days, 40 hours a week uh, because they were told that's what they have to do. They bought it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and everybody's um, working for the weekend. Should yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cancer of doubt and it, it arrives hidden in like a Trojan horse at your front door and it's yeah, disguised I mean, as concern over well-being. I just exactly. want you to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People, I mean, and some people definitely mean well, like your parents or whatever, they, other people that care about you might legitimately want the best for you just because they, they fear like, Oh, that didn't really happen for people. So we, we don't want you to get out there and starve to death. So we right. want you to have a plan B. But what's the future of your soul? If you're living in a dichotomy, you know, if, if you hate your day gig and you for the weekend to play your guitar on the weekend or whatever, sing on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, you know, spending 40 hours a week doing something that's not so fun or something that you downright hate to have two days doing something you love is um, that's not the way to live. That's not okay. You know, that's not, that's not, doesn't make you happy. Um, uh, There's, there's, you can make a living now doing what you love to do. You just got to think about it the right way. And if, you know, if you're going to succeed in anything, you've got to be a student of the game. And to be a student of the game, it means that you're always learning back to the point of these people that do the consultations. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> to be a student of the keen game means that you're self-aware about what really has to happen for you to succeed. Like where you really are, are you competitive with your art? You know? mm-hmm. um, and then if I'm going to make a living, how do you think you're going to get it out there? Right? We've talked about Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's not rocket science. It's, it's sophisticated. Don't get me wrong, but marketing music, it's always been the same since we invented the art. It's, it's just the, the act of getting the art and the artist in front of new eyeballs mm-hmm. and letting them do their thing. Yeah. And then if the art is compelling, just a small percentage of those eyeballs are going to be like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, I love that. Like maybe you, you co-wrote with a bunch of people, Brent, and uh, you know, they could have been, eh, uh, uh, but then you found the one person, right. That's like, yeah, I love writing with you. Let's do that again. And oh, yeah. Okay. Now, now I got, I kissed a couple of frogs and now I got this prince right yeah. here to write some songs. Right. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, is, is that the, is, is that accurate? Oh yeah, man. Especially that first year I was writing at major Bob. I wrote with so many people. Yeah. I wrote over a hundred songs that year. And it was just, just about everything that came along. I'm like, okay, okay. They'd set me up. I'd meet people out, whatever. I'm just doing a ton of co-writing. But yeah, there were a few that like, okay, that sticks. Like something's good in the room. Great vibe. I like the results. People around me like the results. Go into that. Most things aren't that. Yeah. But yeah, you hang on to the ones that are. That's right. And so you just got to go through until you find like this group of people that want to do business your way. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Randy and I talk about that over here with the bar frog thing all the time. It's like, you know what? There's plenty of people that want to do business our way in this town and we don't need to worry about the ones that don't uh, right. because even if we had them, that's going to be a problem. Right. <laughs> right. But, but here's the deal. I mean, the, the making that new art is, and I don't ever want to discourage anybody from you know, making that new EP or, you know, writing more songs or, or recording more songs or whatever. However, um, if you're not well-funded, right? Mm-hmm. And if you have to choose uh, where the best spend of that dollar is, mm-hmm. then making the new EP is the short game. Because that scratches your back, doesn't it? Because that feels good yeah. for you. But it's not getting to anybody else, you know? Yeah. Except, except the people that are already aware of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels sexy. I got a new project out, got a new record out. Yeah. But he's going to know that. But nobody cares. And, and not because it's not good, especially with these artists that I was talking to. I mean, they're amazing. Like, mm-hmm. well, I was excited about the projects, you know? Yeah. I was like, this is going to be cool. I want to see how this works out. But one of the artists, I told him, he's, you know, he's got uh, a project has been out for like two years now. 
Mm-hmm. He's going to be working on a new thing. And I, you know, I don't know if he's going to do it or not, but I said, man, instead of taking all that money and here's the, here's the more important thing. What else is going to be required to do that new project? Oh, to do the, the art. Yeah. Aside, aside from, aside from the money he's going to spend, what else is he going to spend? Time, time, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of time, right? That mm-hmm. that's precious time that he has to spend on that. And it's not going to get him into growth. And I said, you, you got what it is, Johnny. It's like that George Harrison song. I got my mindset on you, but you're, yeah. the you is the, the record and it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. It's going to take money, a whole lot of spending money, but I got yeah. my mindset on you. Anyway, so sorry, sorry, <laughs> I, I love that though. Let's run with that. Take your mind off the project and put your mind on the goal. Mm-hmm. If the goal is just to make a new CD, God bless. Spend mm-hmm. the time, spend the money, make a great yep. one, be happy. Yep. But if the goal is to make a living doing what you're doing and mm-hmm. grow your audience, then th- your focus is on the wrong place. You need to get good at marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, you need and and you need to spend ninety percent of your time that you're spending on your artist project on marketing it mm-hmm. and not making it. Yeah. And, and, and for those of you that, you know, are on a shoestring budget here, I promise you, if you spend 90% of the time that you spent in the last six months on your art and spend it on marketing your art and learning how to market your art, the needle's going to move. Mm-hmm. Your audience is going to grow. I had one, uh, one dude that, that met up with me at the, um, at the, uh, the CD baby conference. I was a, a mentor there and, and he's, he's asking about how to grow his account. We talked about it, the same kind of stuff we talked about here. We talked about who, d- defining his audience, what he was going to do. And I said, do this, this, and this. And you know what? He texted me back in one week. He's like, I just doubled my audience. <laughs> doubled my Instagram account. It wasn't big to start with, but still yeah. hey. that's massive, man. Yeah. That's huge. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, I doubled it. And then he, he's like, I doubled it again. Like the next week I'm like, dude, because you know why he, for the first time, he just started putting an action towards the marketing piece mm-hmm. rather than making the music. And I think for most of you, that's the issue. Like the answers are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of books that you, that you can read on marketing and story branding and, you know, how to be better at social media. Um, I went and told the, one of the uh, consulting uh, clients, I said, man, you know what? Instead of spending $100 on anything, like if you can spend 100 bucks on anything, go buy six books, used mm-hmm. books on Amazon. I, I gave him some titles, right? I gave mm-hmm. him um, uh, Made to Stick. I gave him Contagious. Mm-hmm. I gave him um, the song title, um, uh, uh, story, uh, Building a Story Brand. Oh, building a Story Brand. Down um, yeah. and, and a couple other ones. I said, read these books. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and just because what happens is, and this happens to me like every single time when I start to hit like a little lull, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just in my energy too, I'm like, I'm going to read something. Like, I'm going to dig into this over here and learn something I haven't learned before. And it's going to make me think about something a different way. And all of a sudden, bam, man, it, it all starts moving again. And you start, you start digging in. And I, for everybody that's listening to my voice right now, I'll tell you what, if you spend 90% of your time over the next three months that you would spend on your art, like whatever you would spend doing your art, if you spend that on learning how to do social media, learning how to market and, and actually doing it, then you're going to see your audience grow, period. End of story. I'll bet you y'all will double 
your audiences, most of you. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that, you know what, that, the thing was that one guy that texted me, dude, he's excited. Yeah. He's like, holy crap. Okay. That's like, it wasn't rocket science. Right. Yeah. But he shifted his energy from here to here and, and then got some results. Yeah. And, and now he's got more people that are, that he's going to be able to reach to, to, to play his art for. And this dude's like crazy, wicked artist, dude. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, his, like for, for everything visually too, like mm-hmm. he looks like an artist, you know, like yeah. and he, he, the stuff he creates, like these books and stuff, like tons of art. It was great, dude. It was just really awesome to meet these people. And, and it just got me thinking, man, you know, these guys are in the long game. And if you're in the long game, this is not something you should be doing or should be considering doing. It's something you're going to have to do. Yeah. I mean, Brent, you and I started talking way back when, and this was a side project for you, the songwriting pro. Mm -hmm. And then how did you change it? Man. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about that. Something I should talk about is, you know, came to Nashville, got some success songwriting, had deals, did songwriting full time. Then, you know, we're talking downloads and that kind of stuff where you can have success and still not feed your family. And my family is growing. So end up getting a part-time gig and then eventually had to go get like a full-time day job a few years ago. And, um, I'd already, you know, I started doing a little bit of coaching and stuff for NSAI, but, um, so I'm sitting around driving around this truck, uh, doing basically like a sales gig and, um, hating life, you know, just hating life and uh, trying to figure out how to, how to get back in full time. And, you know, how's that look like for my family? Cause at that point we had Ozzy, I think Ruby was on the way or whatever. And, and we keep adding kids by the way. But um, <laughs> I was like, you know, what's, what's my way in? What's a way I can give myself a stable platform from which to launch and do the long game to me, the short game in a way is like, let's write a song. Let's get it cut. Yeah, because that's just the realities of the market and stuff. It's like basically a publishing deal doesn't doesn't feed my family, right? So you got to get cuts and stuff. Like, what's going to sustain us? So I'm give me the best chance to do that. And really, what I thought about it, it was a blessing that God put me in a truck driving around by myself. So and I discovered podcasting. You know, He brought that into my awareness, and so I started listening to all these business podcasts and marketing podcasts and all this stuff, and started going, you know what? that's and blogging and that kind of, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to aim for this. I'm going to try and make at the time it's called man versus row. I'm going to try and make this my platform where I can, that can be my stable platform along with, you know, royalties and stuff, but that'll feed my family and that'll free me up for more creative pursuits where I'm not working for a boss. I'm working for myself. Mm -hmm. And it took a few years, took about four years from the first kind of, real like kind of event I did mm-hmm. online and learning the whole time and start off rough and still rough around the edges in places. Um, and I didn't get to write as much for a while, but now this is what feeds my family is creative stuff. It's songwriting pro it's my songwriting. Yep. Yeah. I mean, this is it, when we recorded this is 12 o'clock and I ain't on my lunch break. Yeah. You yeah. know, this is my, this is my gig. Yeah. And that and writing. And so I have a lot more time for writing now. And it took years to get there. And it was stressful and it was not easy to yeah. fit this stuff in, getting up early, getting up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning and doing stuff before my kids got up. And then you mean you recording the climb after my kids went to bed. Yep. It's good to see you in the daylight, buddy. 
Yeah, <laughs> you too. But we did that for like the what? The first year and a half? Like, At least, yeah. I mean, I'd be driving. At that time, I was living... 45 minutes north of Nashville. So mm-hmm. like we get done at like 11. Yeah. And then yeah. I got, you know, and you were in your office. I was in my home office. Yeah. yeah. And, and I gotta, I gotta roll back and still drive home. Yeah. And so, and thank you for that. And it's paying off. And we'll talk it. about that later, yeah. but yeah. long game for me, that was a long game going. It took, it was not, and it hurt to not be able to write songs as much as I wanted to. And I, I'm sure I believe to you plenty about that and not having that creative pursuit, but I was building my runway. Yeah. And now I get to ride a lot more. Exactly. And I can be you around music it, and talk to music people a lot more. Now it's like, okay, now I'm back in the, uh, finding a better balance and I still want to get it where it's a lot more mu- making stuff, but. Yep. Um, and that's next on the list. And, and yeah, I, you know, I think you and I talked to each other off the ledge multiple times. Probably so. Yeah. Yeah, I know you were a big encouragement to me. I was driving around, I'd call you from the truck going, oh, I hate life. I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> it seems so far away to be able to make that jump. And ultimately, it was a God thing. He said, trust him, and we jumped, and he's, he's caught us. Um, but yeah, that was a long game. It was yeah. like over four years I was in that truck. I'm not in that truck anymore. And, and there you go. And you, you know, I'm God's feeding our family with just this thing that I made up. Yeah, out of nowhere. I don't know. Yeah. And so that's long game. And I get to write songs. See, I love that, man. And I think, but that's the same thing with me. I mean, uh, just, just five years before it kind of started to sputter. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, seven years later, it's, uh, it's, it's rock and rolling, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and we're growing and, um, and, and and people are starting to smell the barbecue and come around like, you know what, we need somebody who thinks outside the box. And we heard that guy was you, you know, that's that's right. That's me. We're Mm -hmm. getting bigger budgets, you know, uh, artists that are a little bit more prominent and, uh, you know, do that. But tons of terrifying months, you know, uh, side jobs. uh, Mm -hmm. I drove for Uber for 18 months, you know, but guys. And and that's one thing too, is that building for long-term and for a marathon doesn't mean you don't have to get a side gig or you don't have to do some of these other things. We're not saying, right. you know, we talk a lot about diving in and do you have a plan B plan B doesn't mean don't have a day job. Cause I think the sprint is when you say, I'm going to move to Nashville and I'm going to give it a year or that kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah. And then you, you, you have to build something that's sustainable for long term. Yeah. Or, or the delusional thing of I'm just going to write three songs. And if, you know, if I don't get a publishing deal, then I guess I'm not good enough. And, they don't, yeah. they don't want to do it. You know, and you know I mean, if you only write three songs, that's how you pursue it. You're probably not. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're it's probably not good enough and you don't have the mindset. You got to do it because you love it. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then you got to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people who love it, but they've been told you're not going to, you're probably not going to make it. So here's yeah. the deal, but there's lots of ways to make it. There's lots of ways to make living and, <clears throat> and there's nothing better than, than doing what you love to do and, and be able to get paid for it. Here's oh, the yeah. deal guys, your wings, they work. <laughs> they work mm-hmm. you got to use them you know mm-hmm. you got to use them you're not going to get anywhere sitting in the tree you know mm-hmm. you got to use them and i'm going to save you the suspense you're going to fail mm-hmm. you know you're going to fail a bunch right mm-hmm. but fail until it hurts and then <laughs> as long as you're learning from that failure man i promise you and this is this is this is the god's honest truth you're so much farther along than your competition Mm-hmm. than the other artists who are trying to do it. In six months, if you commit to this, what I'm telling you to do, spend 90% of your time artistically learning how to market, 
you're going to be so much better at it six months from now. It's not going to take as long, right? It's not going to be as comfortable. It's not going to be as painful. Yeah, it's not going to be as painful. And hopefully you're going to be digging down to some other layers of like, okay, now I really, you know, what can I do to use Facebook? And, and a couple hundred bucks to get my song out there or like what we do with Jacob Cade, a couple hundred bucks to put 400 people mm-hmm. in to see me at a club, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how can I do that and be, yeah. and be the guy that does it? Because once you start to build that audience big enough, man, you get your Instagram account to 50,000. Do you know there's artists out there right now that, that literally are making somewhere between grossing somewhere between 200,000 to $700,000 a year, just in sponsorship money. Wow. And they're touring on the side. I mean, they're touring and it's offsetting all the touring costs because their audience is so big. They're making money from different places, Mm -hmm. but it comes from a dedication to getting you out there. If you're compelling, get out there. There's other cash registers you're not aware of. Mm -hmm. Just fail and Mm -hmm. learn. And then you're all of a sudden you're going to look back six months from now and be able, and look at the, your contemporaries, the people that are around you, your peers, and be like, "Oh, they don't see it. They're not woke. <laughs> they don't yeah. get it." You know. So that's all I want to talk about with that guy. Hey, and um, speaking of sponsors, I'd like to thank this episode is partially brought to you by the guy mowing next door. <laughs> um, is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, that's that buzz. It's not a mosquito <laughs> by the mic. It's that. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> And hey guys, uh, real quick, I just want to give you some podcasts that I listen to um, so that you can kind of cop on to it. The, the Ray Edwards show, uh, Ray's a great uh, genius copywriter. So how you put the words in on certain ads or certain uh, pieces of content that you put out there is going to be the difference between reaching more people or less people. Uh, the, biz, the Building a Story Brand with Donnie Miller is a great, um, great podcast. The Six Minute Music Business Podcast from... Uh, our buddy Wade Sutton uh, music biz weekly podcast is a great one. Uh, the, the art of paid traffic by Rick Mulready is um, a fantastic uh, show that I've been listening to. And the writer is, which I think you turned me on to Brent and uh, the Bobby cast the Bobby bones podcast is another great one. Cause he just really goes deep into some songwriters and their stories and the songs and how they came about. And I find that fascinating. Um, I listen to the business of story by park Howell, um, creative juice, which is like, that's some really 2.0 Facebook stuff guys. But, um, man, once you get your social media pumping, this is a great resource for you to up your game and start to do some Facebook advertising, the, uh, music business worldwide podcast. It's, uh, MBW. Those are just some podcasts that, that I listen to on a regular basis that, that, uh, give me the really good songwriting stuff and the really good marketing stuff, new info, new data. It reinvigorates everything and, and get you going. All right. So check those out. Once again, if you haven't joined the, the, the climb community, do so. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. There. A lot of good questions being asked, um, access to different kinds of information and people sharing and, and, and helping each other out because they're all trying to figure out how to grow their audience and, and how to write a better song. And uh, what a, there's no better place to do it than, than the climb community. So join there, ask to be let in, we'll let you in. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We will automatically appear in your podcast player on your phone. You don't even need to ask for it. We just show up. Tell you unsubscribe. Make sure you take a couple seconds, leave a rating and review. A five-star rating, please, if you can. That just tells other people that we're legit. And then finally, share it. If if you like this, if it's been helping you, if you feel like that uh, review, the guy that said in the beginning, he went intern, what, went 15 hours of work uh-huh. and he 
hour and two episodes, which two is episodes. less than an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> then, then he got in 15 hours of like research or whatever, then, then help some other people, help them out and share it there. So uh, this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top before this guy stops checking his phone and starts his mower up again. There he is. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.